Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Big D Sports on Believe Network. I am your host, Casey Butcher. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. It's been an exciting you know, time this year, uh, you know, for the Mavericks, of course, just with Luka Doncic absolutely being a complete superstar in the front running for MVP alongside Jason Tatum and Giannis and Jokic as well. So that is going to be a tight race. You know, last week was my first episode. And at that moment, the Mavericks looking pretty good, middle of the pack with, you know, playoff with playoff teams. And now the Mavericks find themselves now ninth in the Western Conference standings and Golden State is right behind them. You know, there was a rocky start there for the Warriors. Now they're 14 and 15. The Mavericks now 500 at 14 and 14th and ninth. Two games, two wins behind the Jazz. So this is going to be a tough ride out here. Now as we are entering the holiday break, and Christmas Day games are just around the corner. This is going to be a tough fight into the rest half of the season, especially because Luka Doncic is absolutely leading this team by himself, right? I mean, we started off the month of December and Tim Hardaway Jr. was putting up good numbers, really stepping up on the outside for Luka. And Luka continues, you know, to be scoring 30 plus points a game. He's averaging over 30 points a game right now. And he's still looking for that guy. Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of fell off after that good good run there. Christian Wood has been having some decent games. Out of six games, he's had 20 or so points in three of them. Reggie Bullock continues to be kind of a disappointment to Mavericks fans. He's not stepping up enough, and he is taking a lot of minutes off of the roster for the Mavericks. Just against the Cavaliers last game, 36 minutes for Dredgy Bullock. He went four for six from the field and only had 12 points. That's an issue, and clearly the Mavericks need more help. And Dinwiddie has had good games here and there, but again, last game against the Cavs, 32 minutes in that game, only 10 points. And one made three-pointer. So it's going to be a tough stretch here, especially because I'm sure Luca is getting exhausted with carrying this team on his back. But we will see if the Mavericks are going to be able to add any additions to this team to help them get better. And then obviously, just with playing some of these guys who are putting up decent numbers, and we don't really know what they can do yet. McGee is absolutely been out for, you know, Jason Kidd. He clearly was not producing in any type of way that Jason Kidd expected him to be. And here we are now with the three-year contract for JaVale McGee. Hardy is someone that a lot of Mavs fans are talking about right now, that he could be a future, you know, big producer for this team offensively. We'll see if he gets more minutes down the line. And also Josh Green could be someone who does step up for this team, you know, here on out if he gets more playing time. But overall, not great for the Mavericks right now. They've lost four out of their last eight, and they just put played against a really good Cavs team and lost 105 to 90. Now, if this was a playoff series, I don't know if the Mappers would be coming out on top of this one. Just looking at how poorly they played last game, they shot 39% 
from the fields. That is not acceptable. Put up 74 shots to the Cavs, 78, and the Cavs shot 52% from the field. So defensively, Mavericks did not look too good last game. And just on top of that, just to add to the news here, Maxi Kleba is out indefinitely with a hamstring injury. So that is just terrible news for Mavericks fans. And especially for defense for the Mavericks, it's going to be interesting to see how Jason Kidd handles this, you know, with the lineups, what is, who's going to get more minutes? What can they do? I mean, they just need more help. Luca needs more help. And to join me on the show tonight to talk all things Mavericks is the one and only Connor Busher, my little brother, because honestly, no one gives better analysis I think in sports and maybe that's because I grew up with him for so long but we have grown up loving the Mavericks together like my whole life and so he's always someone that I'll either call and complain about with uh you know the way the Mavericks are doing or he just understands sports on another level and um he's incredible so I love talking sports with him so why not just bring him on the podcast and talk some Mavericks you know what I'm saying so, Connor, joining the show on Thursday night to talk all things Dallas Mavs. Well, Connor, we're looking at a Dallas Mavericks team that is now ninth in the Western Conference. They really fell off in the past week. Some bad losses. We'll start off with that Bulls loss, you know, almost losing 30 by 30 points. And now last night against the Cavaliers, they were playing against a very hungry Donovan Mitchell who went off, he had 24 points at halftime. What have you been noticing from this Mavericks team now just in the last week? Well, I think a lot of it's just inconsistency. Um, I think we finally saw Tim Hardaway Jr. come back to earth. Uh, he had a really good stretch where he scored 20 a game, very consistent. I feel like it's been a noticeable step setback, and that's a problem for this Mavericks team because I don't think they have enough scores that are – that consistent like for example against Cleveland he plays 31 minutes and puts up three I mean that's just unacceptable you know and with Reggie already having a bad year you need that you know guy that is right there with Luca I mean Luca's almost shooting 50 percent and he's averaging 33 it's like Spencer's not having a bad year and he's just under 17 and same with Wood but the problem with Wood Wood doesn't get the minutes that he should right now so guys like Tim who are averaging 26 you know, minutes a game need to be doing better than that. Like you can't have a game where you play 31 minutes and score three because Tim isn't giving you that real elite defense that maybe a Dorian Finney-Smith is giving you. So he has more leeway when it comes to that. Well, we look at Christian Wood and I think a big talk around the Mavs fans world is that he just isn't who Dallas thought he was going to be I mean in the last few games we've seen him drop you know 20 points and he has stepped up here and there but overall it seems like people are pretty disappointed with the way that Christian Wood has been playing and hasn't really lived up to that potential yeah I think Wood is a very I would say unique big um I think we knew he was not going to be your standard sit in the paint hands up, you know, kind of rim runner. That's just not what he is. He gets the ball in the perimeter, he puts the ball on the ground. Um, but the big knock on him was defense. It was he is not a good defender. And 
Jay Kidd will not start a big that is a liability on defense. I mean, he literally threw out JaVale McGee to start the year. No contending team is going to have JaVale McGee as your starting center. Like, it's just not – we're not at that point. And Wood has has had his moments, but, I mean, he's just not that, you know, lockdown guy in the middle that, you know, they really need. Do you think that JaVale McGee is probably one of the worst signs in the offseason? <laughs> I don't, like – it just just the fact that they that was like their big crowning signing and like they were like oh look we have Javale that's already bad enough when you think about how they gave him a three year deal for about what ten million a year like Javale McGee's thirty five <laughs> like I don't know the exact details but you know from like the outside looking in we have him on a contract till he's thirty eight Javale McGee like yeah that's a that's a little uh, interesting one would think. I feel like Nico's done a great job, but that's definitely, in my opinion, his worst move he's done. It's like, what are we doing here, man? Well, we talk about that defense, and obviously that is what Jason Kidd cares about is defense and obviously shooting from the outside from three. Those are the two big things for the Mavericks this season, and obviously the three goes sometimes, the three doesn't go sometimes, but Defense, obviously huge, and the big news of Thursday is Maxi Kleba now being out with a torn hamstring. He's out indefinitely. That is not good for the Mavericks defensively. How big is that going to change everything for Dallas now? I mean, huge, because like we said, um, Wood isn't that you know great defender inside, and Maxi was because Maxi can – for the most part, switch one through five. And Maxi was your best big defender. Um, I think JaVale has been obviously a, a negative to the team. And so that really leaves you with, for bigs, Wood, Kleba, and Powell. Uh, I do think they are going to be aggressive at the deadline to maybe bring another big in here because they saw, you know, how bad JaVale has turned out. And especially with Maxi, with the hamstring injury, is going to be out for a long time. He's probably on the short list of like the top five guys you don't want to get hurt. Like Maxi plays big minutes for this team, rightfully so. He earns those minutes. He's at like 26 minutes a game. He's a good defender. Um, he can stretch the floor and it's a big loss. Now looking at some of the players that, you know, the Mavericks are trying to acquire here to make things a little bit better. Who are, you know, some of those key guys that they should be now looking out for also with Kleba out? I mean, you obviously have the the one we talk about every single year, and he never gets traded as Miles Turner. Loves Dallas from the area. Uh, I feel like it, it always made sense um, when it came to Turner. Uh, just he's always been linked to Dallas, linked to the Lakers. Um, if they ever want to make a big package, moving Russ. Um, I mean, I feel like that's like the obvious one. Uh, another name that Mavs fans are very familiar with that, the Mavs have been linked to is Nerlens Noel. I know a lot of Mavs fans are probably grown hearing that name, but Nerlens is a rim protector and he would fill that void that Dallas needs. He's not playing crazy minutes right now in Detroit. Detroit's not a team that would be wanting to hold on to Nerlens. I think Nerlens is someone who will probably be moved anyway. He's a very boring uh, trade target. Like he's not even getting mm -hmm. minutes right now. The Mavs have never been that team to make the big splash trade, and I think Turner would be 
close to that big splash trade. So maybe not um, New Orleans in general, but I would say, honestly, anyone from that Pistons team that isn't one of their core pieces, like even a guy like Alec Burks, I think would be a great, uh, great target. Or Bogdanovich, obviously a bigger fish. Yeah. Um, or even Sadiq Bay. Uh, I think they're asking prices at first, and I don't think Dallas is going to budge on that. But I would think they would look against, you know, look for a team like Detroit who might be a seller at the deadline, especially with Cade cutting him out for the rest of the year. Bogdanovich would be a dream, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, he has the ties to Luka. They're obviously friends, so that's, you know, a plus. He, You know, Bogey is a he's scorer. He's, uh, you know, he's knocked down. Uh, the Mavs need consistent shooting um, from other guys. He's shooting over 40% from three, over 50% um, from the field, averaging 21 a game. Like, he won't average 21 in Dallas probably because, you know, less shots, but that's efficient. Those are efficient numbers. You want efficient shooters, something they don't have with Tim and Reggie Bullock. And, uh, yeah, bogey is that. Well, one thing is for sure is that something needs to change because it seems to be this way night after night. Then we have a, you know, quick spin of, of Hardaway in the first six games of December and he's dropping, you know, a good amount of points. He's helping out Luca. And now here we are again, once again, finding, you know, ourselves in a place where Luca doesn't have that right-hand guy and it's just frustrating to watch. Like the team leaders of the Mavericks so far this season, Luca leads in every single category but blocks. I mean, that is just not okay. Obviously, Luca is incredible, but to not have that help, it's going to be near impossible to make a deep run in the playoffs. And now they're sitting in ninth. The Warriors got everything together for them. They're right behind them. And it's if they keep, you know, falling in close games as well, it's just going to be uh, tough now, you know, heading into the holidays. Yeah, I think the biggest person to blame uh, over Nico is honestly Jason Kidd. I think his rotations have been poor. I think he's almost in denial um, when it comes to giving Reggie Bullock big minutes or Dorian, or not Dorian, uh, Tim big minutes. I know Josh Green is hurt right now, but Josh Green is a good defender. He's been better on offense. There is no reason why he shouldn't start every game when he comes back. Josh Green needs to be in the starting five, like period. He's young. You want him to get, you want him to get the run. There is nothing that Reggie Bullock gives you that Josh Green cannot give you right now period. Josh Green needs the minutes. Also, another guy that, what do we have to lose? We're 500. Like, might as well try some, you know, get more minutes out there. Jaden Hardy, who was your top rookie, you finally called him up. If you need scoring, like, I'm not saying Jaden Hardy's going to come in and give you 10 a night, but when you have Reggie shooting so poor and Tim shooting so poor, it's like, what do you have to lose at that point? I mean, Reggie Bullock, averages 27 minutes per game only averages five points that's not okay that is not okay hardy alone averages six minutes per game in the games that he has played for the Mavs, and four points you know i mean let's just look at the quick little math here you know i mean obviously he's only played in seven games this year but still overall Reggie Bullock is not, you know, I think people were really excited about him and being, you know, a wing on the outside, but 
he's also just one of those players who hasn't really stepped up in a massive playmaker role, which we need, you know, to drop double digits, you know, with Luca. Yeah, and again, like I said, Josh Green isn't the most most knockdown shooter. He's shooting over 40%. He shoots two threes a game. Like, he gives you that defense. There is nothing that Reggie Bullock does better than Josh Green at this point. Like, Josh Green is a good defender. He's young. He's 22. Give him the, give him the run with Luka. Um, I just think Kidd has to admit his mistakes. He already got JaVale out the lineup. So he, he did a good job there. Dwight Powell coming back into the fold was the right move. I think the next step is lessening the minutes for Bullock and Tim. Yeah, that is going to be uh, interesting. You know, now at 500, what the future really entails for Jason Kidd, it doesn't seem like a lot of fans are happy. So we will see how that goes from here on out. The Mavericks have a lot of work to do. If they really want to turn this around, they have Luka playing at an MVP level, but Luka's not winning no MVP and we're not making the playoffs. If they kind of get a more concrete starting five, it, it, it hurts Maxi out, but they have to figure it out. And the Dallas Cowboys, we will be moving on here. Wow. I mean, what a horrible weekend it was for Dallas. It would took a 98-yard drive to win the game over the one-win Houston Texans. Who would have thought we would have been in that position to be in that close of a run with the Texans? And you know what's funny? I feel like in the past, Dak Prescott really stepped up the most against bad teams. But now here we are nearly losing games to teams that are not good. And we actually have a good team. So pretty interesting. But some of the news from this week, Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton, and clearly he's old, right? But this could potentially be a help, at least in the locker room, in terms of leadership to have Hilton, you know, alongside the receiving core and to help lead them. And, you know, with his success in the league, I think that could be a good locker room guy. And, you know, he's barely, we're not paying him that much. Um, the Cowboys aren't paying him that much. So it's not like it's that much of a loss. I really feel like it's a no lose situation to add him to the roster. And honestly, the Cowboys need some help. And especially with not signing OBJ, at least yet to have T.Y. Hilton is just, you know, an added component that either can turn out really, really good, or it just will be a no big deal because it's not like they're, you know, breaking the checkbook to, you know, add him to the roster. Now the Cowboys still remain behind the Eagles in the run in the NFC East, two games behind the Eagles still. And wow, it is going to be tough because it doesn't seem like the Eagles are slowing down anytime soon. They haven't really been looking like that all year long, right? Well, the Eagles are playing at the Chicago Bears on Sunday and maybe they can slip up, probably not. So then we turn the page and it's Christmas Eve and the Cowboys will host the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And you know what? For the Cowboys as well, hopefully they don't slip up against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. 
it's a must win situation now, at least in terms of trying to win the division in this one. And who knows, maybe the Eagles will win on out here and uh, take the division. So it's going to be an exciting next few weeks, at least for the NFC East. You know, what's crazy is something that I read on uh, Cowboys wire that the Cowboys last played in Jacksonville in 2006. That was their only time playing in Jack's Jacksonville and the Jags won 24-17, and it was actually Terrell Owens' debut for Dallas. So Owens scored a touchdown as the Cowboys got out to a 10-0 lead, but then got outplayed quickly thereafter by the Jaguars to go on to then lose the game to Jacksonville. So the Cowboys have never won a game in Jacksonville, so this could be you know, a little milestone for the boys to get that win this weekend. Obviously, it's a much-needed one as we are just weeks away from playoffs kicking off and just one week away from the Cowboys hosting the Eagles on Christmas Eve in Dallas. That is going to be the most electric game. I am going. My family is going. It is going to be so much fun. As most of you know, my little brother, Connor, I talk about him all the time, either if it's on this show or one of my previous shows. He is a diehard Eagles fan, so it is always so much fun between our family just to have that Cowboys-Eagles rivalry matchup. Even though we all should just be Cowboys fans, my brother just chose to be an Eagles fan to be annoying, I personally think. Um, why could you? Why would you grow up here and not be a Cowboys fan? You know, Unless your parents were like straight up out of Philly, you know? And they're all Eagles fans and like, cool, like whatever. Right. But my whole family's Cowboys fans, literally all my family is. And Connor just chose to be an Eagles fan because our gym teacher was one. It's pretty stupid if you ask me, but anyways, Connor's a diehard Eagles fan. So that's always a fun game to uh, be around each other for because he hates the Cowboys so much, but Wow, it's been um, such an interesting year so far in the NFL. We literally have no clue who is going to be making strides here heading into the postseason. You know, we thought Russ heading to Denver was going to be a easy, you know, run to the playoffs. Tom Brady and the Bucks struggling. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers struggling. And the Los Angeles Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champs, are also struggling and have been all year long. And that is a crazy slump because of so many returners on that team. But, man, it's going to be so interesting here now to see who comes out on top in Phoenix and also just who is making those postseason strides to make the playoffs. It's going to be a dog fight because there are so many really just I kind of feel like even teams across the league, even like certain matchups week after week, you're like, ah, eh, that's going to be an easy win for blank. And it's just, it's never seems to be that way. The Cowboys barely beating the Texans last week. You really have no clue what can happen. I remember saying last week on the show, the Cowboys are going to absolutely dominate the Texans. And here we are barely beating the Texans. So really anything can happen in this league. And I think that's the most fun years is when you really have no idea who is going to 
you know, be in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. So it's going to be fun to watch. That is for certain. And moving over into some hockey talk, the Dallas Stars are 18 and 8. Pretty nice start for the Stars. And they're on a two-game win streak. And they are currently first in the Western Conference Central Division. So it's been fun for the Stars so far this year, obviously having so much momentum off of last year's team. And it really just is overall such a fun time to be a Dallas fan and to be in this city. The Cowboys, the Mavericks, the Dallas Stars, the Dallas Wings next season, hey. And Panther City Lacrosse, hey. (laughs) FC Dallas, hey. I mean, wow, we have so many just fun teams to be a part of. No one's really like trash, trash. I mean, the Texas Rangers, they're putting in some work. We're going to see how that fares out in the next uh, few months. But for right now, wow, it's it's so much fun to be in Dallas and um, all these teams that are doing decently well and playing competitively. And I don't know if I've ever said this before on my one of my shows, but I've never been to a Dallas Stars game and I will be going to one soon. I always say I'm going to, and I never do. I've been to a gazillion Mavericks games, but man, I've never been at the AAC with the ice up. That's pretty nuts that I have not been to a Stars game and I've grown up here my whole life. So if you want to go to a Stars game with me, hit me up. We had some questions from some listeners. Question from a guy who says, Is it annoying that boys think girls don't usually know sports? Um, Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Um, My whole life, I have grown up watching sports, playing sports, being a fan of sports. It's literally been my entire life. Like, that's all really that my family and I even speak about is sports. Like, me, my brother, and my dad, for sure. My mom also loves sports, but, like, the three of us, we talk about sports nonstop. So it's pretty funny if anyone ever thinks I don't know anything about sports or maybe I look girly one day and they just think I don't know about sports because it's really one of the only things that I even speak about. It sucks that like, it seems like you always really have to kind of prove yourself in general, like whether that's talking about sports or playing it, whatever. But, you know, I'll say, I, I feel like I've pretty much established myself in the sports world or whether that was like me growing up and playing sports or, you know, whatever. Um, I really don't get that many people who don't think I, at least they don't tell me that that I don't know about sports. Maybe they think things that's fine, but um, you know, so I think it's more so like walk it, talk it, breathe it. It's, it's more so you got to know your stuff is basically what I'm saying. It's not like you, you have to, if you know your stuff, people aren't going to be questioning you if you know your stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. Most girls you talk to that work in sports, they do know more than you about sports. Uh, that's our career, and that's what we know, and we have to know for our jobs. So anyways, that was a really long answer, and I was kind of all over the place. But essentially, yes, it's annoying. But also, if you are a girl and you are scared of people ever questioning your knowledge or something about sports, just know your stuff and you won't have to struggle about it. Now I have a question from one of my girlfriend listeners who isn't a big sports fan, but she asked, what is the most important sport for a girl to learn? I only have the time and energy to care about one sport. So which one would be the most beneficial for me to care about? 
So I think she's essentially asking for, you know, maybe guys that she talks to or whatever, which sports should I know um, in terms of, you know, impressing guys, basically, I think is what she's asking. And I would say, I would say football, because I think that true basketball lovers are like true basketball fans, you know? You can be a guy and love the NFL and love football and, you know, like more so enjoy Sundays with the boys hanging out, got the feast going. And you might not even really care that much about the game, but it's more of like a hangout situation with guys. Like it, the whole aesthetic, drinking the beer, the keg, the margaritas, maybe the girls get to come, maybe they get to come after halftime, you know, like it's, it's a whole system uh, in terms of like guys and NFL Sundays and stuff. Right. So that would be the more so sport to learn at least the basics, right? Know who the, know who, know, maybe know the quarterback's name, know the quarterback position. Um, definitely know the team names. That's definitely a number one. Those girls on TikTok were like, Oh my gosh, the Chicago blues. It's like, come on. We, even if you live under a rock, in terms of sports, you still have heard the Chicago Bears, right? Like, I think those girls on TikTok, they're just doing it as a joke for likes, right? Like when they're like with their boyfriend, like clicking through the thing and they're like, oh my gosh, it's the star, the Houston kangaroos. It's like, come on, you know, that's not a team name. Anyways, <laughs> so I think football would be the best thing to know some of the basics with, especially the teams. Because that's the cool sport, especially for the frat dudes that you might be hanging out with who don't necessarily, they act like they know a ton about football, but I guarantee you, they don't, they don't be knowing as much as you think they be knowing. That's all I got to say about that. One more question. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I think that. The Dallas Cowboys. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I think this year the Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl because, man, they got the weapons. They always come alive. Patrick Mahomes is clutch. I think it's a safe thing to say that the Kansas City Chiefs could win the Super Bowl this year. So I'm going to put – the Chiefs at the top of my list for Super Bowl winners. You know, I was listening to this podcast today, just on a last note. And it's about, you know, we just don't have like a ton of time in general. And like, what is really important? And I think COVID showed us, you know, what is really important? And who do we want to spend our time with and invest in? And who do we want to put energy in? And that's kind of something that I've really been committed to in the last you know few years is like who do I want to put my energy into we only have so much energy in the day and we only have so much energy in general and who do you want to invest in right like that doesn't mean you can't smile at everyone you see or you know reach out whenever someone needs it or you want to check in on someone but in general like who do you want to consistently invest energy into and what relationships do you want to flourish, right? Think about that. You know, who do you want to invest that time in? And for me, I hope you all have a good next week. And it's crazy that...
Christmas is just one week away. Okay, have a blessed, blessed day and a great weekend. And I will see you guys next for episode three.